Hi everyone, Michelle here. Before we get started, I just wanted to inform you all that this episode has some minor audio problems. We've done our best to minimize the issues and make the audio as best as it could be, but I just wanted to acknowledge and apologize for the problems you might listen to in this episode. Apart from that, I hope you enjoy the episode, and thank you so much for listening. Hello and welcome to Full Metal Analyst, the podcast where free writers analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And I'm Mike. And also joining us today, we have a very special guest. She's our friend. She's our a writer, a painter. Please welcome to the show, Sarah Lerner. Hey, very, very L- nice Lerner, to be Lerner. here. It's Lerner. You Sorry. almost got it right. It's okay. When, when people ask my last name, I say it's like Lerner, but spelled wrong. Otherwise, it just leads to infinite confusion. Has anyone said, learn her? I hardly even know her. Actually, yes. I have a friend who is that terrible. When I first met her, she was but the learner. Oh my god. (laughs) I'm already regretting my decision to join you. So Sarah, let's start off as we always do, which is by asking our guest, how did you first watch Full Metal Alchemist? Well, I had a friend who was a troll. And it was the middle of finals in, uh, I think it was junior year of college. And I was very stressed. And I asked uh, this friend for a recommendation of something that was light and fun and easy. I was actually mostly fine with it up until, up until the Chimera episode, which just like destroyed me. And I was like, yeah. this, you lied. This was not a helpful thing to watch right before a final. Did you keep watching it or did you stop there? No, I stopped for like a year and a half. And then at some point I was like, okay, I'm not watching this out of spite. It was actually a very good show. And I went back to it and finished all of it in like a couple of weeks, as I am wont to do. Good episode. It's interesting to hear the perspective of someone who saw that and I was like, oh, (laughs) nope. It's not even that that I didn't like it. It was like, I just was like, I need something that's happy. And like... So you stopped after Alchemist's Anguish. Oh, yes. Not Reign of Sorrows. Sorry. I actually know someone else who was really put off by that episode. Someone pointed out to me that that episode may be a little too dark because it it is darker than the whole rest of the show. It really Uh, is. I don't think it is. Really? I don't think it is. No, I disagree. I think thematically the show is that dark. But I don't think there's another moment in the show that is as viscerally uncomfortable for the audience. But I think they were doing that thing that Neil Gaiman did in American Gods, where he has the scene of the woman eating a man with her vagina in chapter one. Because it never gets that weird again, exactly. But he's like, I want you to know, if if you're not here for this, then you won't be here for the rest of this book. (laughs) Well, for me, that was a little <laughs> bit disappointing, actually, because... And it never got as weird? That weird thing happened, and then I listened to the whole book, <laughs> and no I'm one else sorry. got <laughs> any more vaginas. Not that that's what I was hoping for specifically, but something <laughs> else weird, you know? So let's get going to a recap for today's episode, Those Who Lurk Underground. To those who don't know, this is the moment in the podcast where one of us will be chosen at random to do a 21-second improvised recap of what just happened in the episode. I'm going to roll a dice. If it lands on one, it's me. Two, it's Arthur. Three, it's Mike. Four, it's Sarah. Let's go. Rolling the dice now. Four. Fuck oh. you. 
Um, Fuck the dice. It wasn't me. (laughs) You have 21 seconds. When the 21 second mark is reached, we'll stop you. Okay? Okay. All right. Three, two, one. So this episode is basically the uh, daddy issues episode where we finally get to meet the fucker that's kind of been pulling the strings and um, we get to see Creed and the other homunculi con- er, have a interaction with this mysterious father figure that has been mentioned kind of throughout. Yep. And yep. 21 seconds. Ah! I, okay, I'm not good at talking concisely. Sarah is much too eloquent for this game, I think. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We should give her 21 minutes. <laughs> as soon as you said go, I entirely forgot I had a time limit. Just to finish up the recap, we start with Ed and Teacher battling uh, Greed and his Chimera minions. And meanwhile, Fear Bradley shows up and kills everyone. And then we get to see the homunculi back at home including Fuhrer Bradley oh and Greed gets dipped in lava at the end I I take offense to what you just said because you just said we see Greed fighting Ed and Teacher which we don't the last episode promised that but we don't see it because he runs away like a little bitch and she gets sick because Greed is smart Uh, because Greed is practical because Greed is like fuck no I'm not gonna have some weird throw down for no reason I have no interest in fighting you people i absolutely I understand that that makes total sense it's just i just like the last episode i would like now izumi is here and she's gonna kick some ass Blah. and then this episode is like nope. no she is not she is going to bed <laughs> <laughs> i mean but what a mood honestly this episode actually starts with something else which is that scene it where does. Roy is walking through Centro and he's like, I live for the drama. I'm a bitch. <laughs> he's so smug about everyone being like, ah, fuck him. He definitely yeah. did something horrific and shady to get here. And he's just like, yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's, I love him. I think he's great. But, Thank you. But I think we... We did realize more this watch that he is like, yeah, he's like more of an anti-hero than we thought. But I love that. Yeah, exactly. The fear shows up (laughs) out of nowhere. And I feel like there wasn't even an attempt to explain what he was doing there. It was like, her, howdy, howdy, I'm here. Which, by the way, this was also the first episode I realized he has a, like a folksy foghorn leghorn accent. It's like, I see, I see. Edward Elric, what are you doing here? I wouldn't say it's quite that folksy, but he definitely has a voice that he puts on that's like, oh, you. Yeah, it blew me away that he's wrath. Yeah. Mm. Did it? Mike, you predicted this. I know I did predict it, but sometimes I astound myself, you know, like. (laughs) (laughs) And we're humble. No, you know, like he's, he's wrath, but I never really, it's like you see it. It makes so much sense when he says it. And then his little boy at the end of the episode is all like, oh, hey, dad, blah, blah, blah. And he like turns around. He's like not happy at all. But then he turns around with a big old smile on his face. Mm. And he always looks like he's about to erupt. And then he always just smiles and winks and jumps out a window. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but right. Like, like yeah. he's inside. He's always seething because he's yeah. pure wrath. That's why he's Foghorn Leghorn. I'm telling you guys, he's Foghorn Leghorn. Foghorn Leghorn would always be like, I say, I save so that there's a joke, and there's a joke just went over your head. And then whenever the that whoever was against him on that episode would be like, say anything, he would just pull out a mallet and slam it against his head. 
He does not have a southern accent at all. Sorry. <laughs> he have a southern accent. But he I know he doesn't, but now he does. In, my in the dub, he does. No, he in doesn't. my head, he does. No, no, he doesn't. He, <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't have, have a one. southern accent, but it's. I mean, I mean the sub. In the sub, he does. This is the episode we get introduced to Raph, and that's the deal with Raph. He is the odd one out. He's the new. Greed is the odd one out. Wrath is like the new. No, Wrath is the odd one out in the sense that he's also the only one that can grow older. Eight. I'm sorry, That's we're true. talking over you, Sarah. No, no, no worries. It's he's the only one that like has some aspect of human ishness to him in that he experiences mortality or like the act That's of right. aging. But also, right. I was gonna say earlier, I think his control of his own wrath is really indicative of father as a character, since we know that he's. Not just wrath abstractly, but father's wrath specifically. Right. Oh, and wow. There's patience in that. And father is anything if not patient. That is a real, that really throws me. That makes me think. And it makes me understand why he swallowed greed at the end. Well, they're, okay. all, they're all manifestations yeah. of father's sins. Yeah. sins. That's why I was right. trying to figure out if it's a spoiler. Because I was like, we find it out because... You know, he's like, come back into me, greed, which I have excised from myself. Um, <laughs> oh, it's he does, I, he does say he does say it. Yeah, you're wait, right. what? <laughs> he does say, but I was like, it's possible Michael could have missed this, but I don't know if it's a spoiler if I'm pointing out a thing he missed. No, I, I think that's really cool. I, I kind of did miss it. Like, I think I missed the greater context of that being that they're they're um, manifestations of his sin. But I think that's dope. I think that is that's going to make me think going forward. And I think I should have picked it up based on what they gave me, you know? Yeah, I also think it's really interesting that considering he's Father's Wrath, we end the episode with a moment of him essentially threatening his own child right after Father consumed his child. Or, mm. you know, as much as their children, in the sense right. that they are See, I see, son, him. I'm going to use you, son. I'm going to use you, son. <laughs> oh, no. Fuck <laughs> that moment. Uh, I love but it you so much. You couldn't help but draw the connection when he sees Salim, his son, and is like, maybe you will help me out someday with an alchemist's anguish. How about you help daddy tomorrow? Oh, God. <laughs> and but it's if you... not even helping. It's, I want to be of use to you. Maybe you will be someday. Like, yeah. Oh, my like shivers just excellent shivers if, if you it's didn't big. have alchemist anguish to, you wouldn't have the shiver you know as much mm, you know what i mean yeah. like that, that moment it, would always be scary but knowing the show will go there you're terrified for that little boy it's true it's like the first yeah. big death in game of thrones or something mm. it makes you so much more worried for the rest of it because you're like yeah anyone can die they go out of their way to make Salim adorable in exactly the same way that Nina is adorable, where it's like, this is such a pure, just kind of like perfectly childlike child that you can't help but be terrified for them in this world. So is that child half homunculus? Unclear. It reminds me of uh, Battlestar Galactica, you know, with the... Mm. With the Should I see that? Should I watch that? Oh you my God. totally watch that. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> New podcast. <laughs> you... Guys, good news. It's all a peacock. Battlestar <laughs> Analactica. Oh my god. Watch your mouth. I want to know, Mike. Hey. You theorize a lot about 
what's going on. Yeah, I, I have questions. I have questions. I, I, well, I mean, the more well, we have answers. Aware, you are aware that we, if it's a spoiler, we will not answer it. Of <laughs> course, yes. Well, okay, so father, right? Father. Yeah. He seems to have a similar appearance to Van Hohenheim. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Is that a... You don't some, is, is Is he... Um, Next question. <laughs> uh, uh, <is> really? He... <laughs> yes. He looks a lot he... like him. You know, he just is older. He has white hair. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a good question, Mike. Yeah. It's hard to know. I feel like I should know <laughs> just by looking, Mike, Mike, but I don't what know. What are you imply? What are you trying to imply, Mike? Are the Elric brothers, you know, is their father the father? You know, their dad went off in search of the, uh, you know, making... A philosopher's stone and in doing so did he create these homunculus does that mean that greed is kind of like a sort of a brother to them in a way is charlie chaplin the same person as hitler okay good point <laughs> good point they just have the same haircut all right fine uh, that's not what i said but okay. i mean i i do think that they're you know like can i fine never mind Maybe there's some kind of parallel there. I mean, they, you know, they have a father. These guys have a father. I don't know who Van Hohenheim is, but he doesn't look like, you know, the, he's, you know, exactly playing baseball, you know, you know, catch after yeah. work, you know. We, we, did, we did establish that he kind of looks like you. I like that. I don't know if I agree, but I like it. Hohenheim <laughs> <laughs> no. looks like Michael. Yeah, yeah. I think. No, no, he that. said that. He said that. <laughs> no, I never Michael. said it. No, I said it. I said Hohenheim looks like. The best possible version of my <laughs> It's like, what I have to like, live up to. <laughs> like if Michael just lit, like his divine essence yeah. of what he <laughs> oh was. He's, it's like nurture over nature, right? Also, that yeah. is fascinating. Mike had, if Mike was raised from a child. If he'd made better like, choices to reach. <laughs> Like, no, childhood. no, like no one in this world reaches a hundred percent of their potential. No one does. <laughs> this is so painful. <laughs> and so but if funny. Mike did, it would Dude. be hard. If I went Super Saiyan, that's how it right. would look. So, that's what like, you're saying, I, like, I don't know. I've only reached like maybe twenty percent. <laughs> so what what you're saying in that is that you think Father is like a gorgeous example of a human. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, it was meant to be a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The audience now knows a lot more than our protagonists, and that that's kind of new. I think it's really impressive because usually if you know significantly more than the protagonist about the central tension of uh, a narrative, it's very difficult to maintain patience with that protagonist because we're seeing all the hints that they're missing. But I think right. they actually do a very good job of not making us want to just like smack the Elric brothers upside the head and shout I agree. At them. And and I think part of what allows them to do that is that they have a really excellent character tension built in. Like we were mm. still still worried about Ed and Al and getting their bodies back. Mm, yeah. And because they're not cued into whatever conspiracy this is. We it's just like another thing to be worried about. It's not like that impatiently waiting for them to uh, be quicker on the uptake. It's like how Martell's blood unlocks Al's memories. It's like there's a different plot line going on, but which affects the main plot line that we're following. I was so upset about Martell's death 
I mean, obviously. Oh, that was a great moment. I obviously was upset too, but it was a great, like. Oh, it's. I mean, what a way to introduce wrath, right? Yes. Blood in the armor, the, the like, just creepy and terrible. Yeah. That leads us into blood getting on Al's blood seal. Al sees the truth in this episode. Yeah. The truth is weird. And he's weird. like, got your body. I, that's my favorite chibi moment when they are like it's weird and they have all these like arms <laughs> i'm curious what do you think about the sequence that we saw from al's perspective i was it made me think about how seeing the truth it feels like it's kind of related to like adolescence or like growing up mm. these are boys that had to like grow up really fast especially ed al seeing the truth is like him starting to grow up I, I don't know if, if this is like too hooey, but like I thought there was something beautiful in the circular moment of like reaching out and being to his mother, you know, he's reaching out for his mother's hand and then it's his own hand and he sees himself vanishing. Like, I think there was something, something true about reaching out to the unknown and seeing yourself, you know, all is one and one is all. Did Whoa. you have any thoughts about <laughs> Mike just went on a little trip without us there. Whoa. <laughs> He's back. I am the circle. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's the philosophy behind the show is definitely very interesting. Um, I was curious if you have any thoughts about the fact that we learned that the being that was inside of their mother's body was Al. I, we see that POV, but I don't know if that's him. Yeah, I don't know if that's him either. Whoa. I will is, that, is that him? <laughs> that's crazy. It makes sense that it would be. I, I would say that it's not canon canon, but I don't know how else to take that moment. It honestly makes a lot of sense to me. I just the, the because we were asking before, where would that come from? What would that be? Also, the coherence of the gesture that you were talking about, the reaching, and you can mm -hmm. see the way that the the thing that they summoned is reaching for him in its own broken twisted way and interesting very cool I, i'm gonna slap a maybe on this maybe i knew buying you that big rubber maybe stamp would pay off <laughs> i'm not sure i'm not sure i get i get the idea behind it it's just that if that was al it just keeps adding questions like it comes back to why is it that Ed is the one that lost just his leg, but Al is the one that lost his body? Like, what was the thing that made the truth go, you know what, this dude right here, I don't like his face? One of the problems is that um, people think of this as a very, very hard magic system. And in a lot of ways, it is because it does have very clear, strict rules. But there is an emotional element to it that I think doesn't get discussed a whole lot. I can't really talk about it too much because spoilers, but I think the reason that, that Al is taken instead of Ed is that Ed is leading the process, even if they're working together on it. I guess the real price of a human soul is an arm and a leg. Just an oh, arm, you have joined the worst part of the fandom. Well, that's what auto mail costs. Anywho, I, <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about I like those henchmen. I like those uh, all those homunculi who die. They're they're not homunculi. They're chimeras, no, Arthur. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, now we're gosh. gonna bring out the giant fake fan stamp. Boom! Fake fan. Damn it! <laughs> uh, How dare! I like that the chimeras are like 
they have such good hearts and they really yeah. like each other. The fact that this anime gives even that minuscule moment to henchmen who just whose purpose is mostly to die so we could see how cruel another character is to give them that moment is I thought was really cool and not something you would see in a another anime. I think it does a <laughs> lot too to make us care about Reed's sense of humor and like warped sense of self. In that moment when he's like, they're not my friends, they're my possessions. I don't care about them at all. Oh no, they're hurt. And yeah. Then, What's that about? I thought about that. It's like human. I love Greed. I love he's Greed so, good. so much. He's, Greed is he's my a, trash son. Like, he's one of the more <laughs> complex characters in the show. He's my second favorite character in the entire show. Yeah, I really like Greed. I also like when he's captured and he's talking to all his uh, brothers and sisters and he's like, Lus, what's up? You want to peg me? He's like, Cause <laughs> right? Oh my god, I love I don't that remember album. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like, penetrate me with your ultimate shield. God damn it, Green. Keep it in your pants for five seconds. He will never. <laughs> I, I appreciate it's, that he is he a He had some good one-liners falling into the lava. Yeah. <laughs> on in, kids. The water's fine. <laughs> That's, that is what I want to shout as I die. Yeah. Also, I appreciated in the... I had captions on while I was watching the dub. Cool. And in the captions, they uh, have him say, whatever you want, daddy, instead of dad, as they do in the other. And I'm like, that... I He should get that moment of sass. I, I don't understand, like, why he... If he's so greedy... You know, and he's, you know, he's so bad because he just wants everything. He covets everything, you, you know, but he had, he made like a bunch of cool friends in a clubhouse. He made a little <laughs> life for himself. He made, <laughs> he made a clubhouse and he put up a sign saying, no envy allowed. And it just gets to envy yeah. saying, yes, I like that bitch. <laughs> no, no whole people allowed. And now, Mike, you know what time it is? Yes, I do. I'm ready. It's time for everyone's favorite segment. Mikey at the bat. This is the moment in the podcast where Mike has to predict what happens in the next episode using only the next episode's title as a hint. Mike, your episode title this time is The Envoy from the East. Ooh, Envoy from the East. The East. I, I think Ishvala is like the Southeast, I want to say. It is. Envoy from the East. I don't really know anything else that's out East, so I'm going to assume that someone from Ishvala is coming West. Okay, I think it's going to be a Scar-centric episode. It's going to be give. It's going to give him a chance to give up and relax and find a better life. But he's going to be like, "No, I can't do that. I have to kill everyone. I'm too mad." That's what I think is going to happen. That makes sense. Great Scar impersonation. Thank you. And now it's time for us to grade the episode. So this is going to be out of five. And I'm going to start off by saying I'm going to give this a four. I think it was a really good episode. It was really enjoyable. The work they did with the characters was tremendous. The reintroduction of Wrath in a certain way was a lot of fun. But I do have to say that I do feel as if we could have had a little bit more greed. I would have liked that too. It's a four. Like I was saying before, everything gets so much bigger. Uh... The plot is really thickening and it's exciting. It's turning a little bit into a different kind of show than it has been so far, but it's also a good show. I think I'm going to have, oh, man, 
man, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to give this four stars. I think I have to give it four stars. Okay. It moved really fast. It was really exciting. It was fascinating and, and had a lot of levels and, and neat stuff. And I, I think we all appreciate the the character, the quick character depth that they created for these chimeras. And I, I wish we'd talk more about the Armstrong a little bit, turning his hammer into a smaller right. version oh of himself. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And for... And so for that good. alone, that would move it up a star no matter the what. Armstrong <laughs> statuary technique. Amazing. All right. Yeah. Four stars. Solid. That's what I'm going to say. I think I could sell that statue for a pretty penny. Oh, yeah. yeah I don't mean, they don't also don't have like infinite money. I would also say I'd give it a four. I mean, I, I picked this episode to guest star on because it is pretty easily my favorite from the early bunch. I agree with Michelle. I would love more greed because I just always. Yes. I'm sad that, you know, that ended so soon. But everyone also said fast pace, good character development, interesting world building. And now it's time for... What did we learn? Today we learned a very important lesson about how to be a supervillain. Lowering someone into lava may seem cliche, but it burns just fine. Sometimes the classics are where it's at. It's classic. Yeah. And if you don't want to burn up in lava, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analysts. That's FM Analysts on Twitter. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you can, please leave a review. We love to read those. And if you're a fan of the podcast or you have a friend who you want to get into Full Metal Alchemist, now would be the perfect time to recommend us. It would mean a lot to us, and we really appreciate it. I want to thank our guest, Sarah, for coming. Thank you so much for coming, Sarah. It was my absolute pleasure. This was a delight. But yeah, follow me on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram as Dyed Productions. Dyed as in like the substance that changes the color of cloth. Um, mostly I just post pictures of my paintings and um, I paint abstracted versions of screenshots from TV shows and movies. Maybe I'll and do one of Full Metal Alchemist. And she's mm -hmm. really, really good at it. They're <laughs> awesome. Thank you should you. definitely check her out. Thank you. That'll be all for now. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts. Until then, stay frosty. A lot of you are not going to realize, but like Mike left halfway through that episode through the magic of editing. He's still here with us. Isn't that right, Mike? Agreed. <laughs> You're so funny, Mike. He's so funny. Do you have any question for us, Mike? How would he do his brother if his brother just? But if his brother's, maybe he could. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. That we is inappropriate. All right, Mike, say bye. Bye. <laughs> Editing is fun. Even when he says bye, he's funny. How do I leave? How do I?